All right, listen up, spuds. This is Zap Brannigan, eh? master of time, space, and everything else in between. And, uh, oh, yeah, winner of this year's Modesty Award. Yeah. You're listening to You Suck. What's the difference with Al and Tom? You're one stop for this sort of thing. Yeah. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to You Sucks What's the Difference podcast. I'm Alex Whiteley. And I'm Tom Bruno. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to hand over to my beautiful co-host there to introduce our guest, because you've gone very good at being able to bring in these amazing guests for us. So please, sir, take it away. Hey guys, first of all, happy Halloween. This is the Halloween episode. And in fact, Ooh. you know what I mean? This, yeah, it's very spooky. We hope that you're having a very safe and, and tremendous and candy-filled Halloween debauchery, flaming pumpkins, bags of poo, all the things that go into Halloween should be what you're doing God, right this you, second. You Americans do Halloween so much different to us. Bags of poo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't you ever watch Billy Madison? That wasn't a joke, bro. That's how we roll. We we show people how we feel about their, their neighborly status by leaving leavings on the... It's like the trick or the treat, right? Like sometimes... Billy Madison or Little Nicky? Isn't it Little Nicky? You turned a Pepsi into a Coke. Well done. <laughs> that is right. That is... That's more like Canadian thing to do, I guess. But it's very charmingly British. Anyways, regardless, um, thank you very much for those those kind words. Um, I love the, the month of October. I, I take it a, as a personal challenge to bring you the best in whatever I can, essentially, that, that I find interesting, especially in the spooktacular world of horror. Um, today, I stumbled upon a trailer a while ago, and you know me, guys. Like we're, we, we brought on the director and writer of Lost Pastor on the show because we fucking love underrated movies. We love finding hidden gems, and this movie seemed like it would be one of those type of things. So I watched the trailer. It was for a movie called Amityville Moon. And um, I, I thought it looked very fucking cool and I'm very indie. And I was like, this is everything that I love in this time of the month. So without, you know, try, you know, without, without thinking it was going to happen, I kind of looked everything up and I was like, Hey, who, who wrote this? Oh, Thomas Churcher. Okay, cool. Who directed? Oh, same guy. Okay. All right. And I, I reached out and <laughs> fucking, Hey man, that's who's on here today. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Thomas Churchill. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be on your show guys. Thank you got a great you. Uh, surname, by the way. Us Brits, hey. we, we thank you for that. Cheers. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. thank my father and his father. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I feel like it's a good amalgam. This is the USUC, right? Like there's the Churchill that is Alex in England in World War II, and there's Tom, me, which I mean, like, what fuck? First of all, fucking where where does it all start for you, uh, Tom? Do you prefer Tom or Thomas? Which whatever one you, you want. I'm easy. All right. One Tom's easy. Well, um, We'll call you. Takes Tom, a Tom to know get, a Tom, right? It does take a Tom to know a Tom. But the you fact know? is, like, I get confused really easily. My little brain. If you said, if Alex says, "Now, Tom, what was it like making the movie?" I'm like, what? I didn't make a movie, Alex. And he's like, "Yeah, I know. I was talking." I feel like I need one. to bring out like an alter ego of Alejandro. Oh, you know, instead of Alex, Alejandro. Hello, and welcome to the show. It's me, Alejandro. You know, oh, hands and You're very fancy. Well, to be totally fair, Alex was going to have a, a surname that was not. English. Alex's last name is Whiteley. Um, Alex, what was your last name going to be? Um, well, I was discussing it with the wife actually the other day. She's still like, "No, we're not doing it." But um, I missed the chance of changing my wife to my wife's name, which is Sanchez. She's from South America, so I missed out on that. <clears throat> so um, 
maybe one day we we'll get that done because I, it's fucking... so bad it's good um but back to our guest actually um thomas where's all star for you man like where where does the love of film begin where does you know where's it lead you give us the whole scoop well i've been uh i've been in this game for a good minute in the indie world and uh lately we we've, we've been getting a lot more notice uh with some of the projects we've been doing um, I guess it goes way back to when I was 17 and I made my first movie, um, got my first, uh, you know, um, award, uh, for it. And it just gave me, uh, gave me a, that, that high, you know, that I want to continue to do it. The buzz. Um, I started off as an actor. I wanted to be an actor, uh, from age seven, pretty much all the way, even 17. And the only reason why I made my first movie is I wanted to showcase myself in this film. So I wrote, produced, directed, got my friends and family together, all that fun stuff and shot a movie. And at the same process, I just fell in love with this craft of everything that was going on uh, with it. And it took me on a different road. So it's, I'm it's very impressive. Your, your fucking IMDB is extremely long. And I, I respect the fuck out of that because the way that you're talking about the love of film and the way that you're talking about like, like making a film at 17 is really always the sign. If not, you know, like, you know, of course there's Steven Spielberg at eight using his super eight, his dad's super eight camera and all that. It, it always goes to show you that the people that start young are the people that just can't live without film. They must be involved some way, somehow, whether it's learning a craft in film, it's whether it's writing your own film or directing your own film. Now you started it off wanting to be an actor. How do you make the transition into a director and writer? Well, um, well, I was always writing. In fact, my mom had sent me uh, some years ago uh, when I was in kindergarten or preschool, whatever it was, um, I had an award that said Doctor of Storytelling. So I was writing nice. back then, and then there was this TV show on in the 70s. I was just a baby, but I remember watching it and liking it, and then I ended up, as an adult, bought the whole series and said, yeah. I did enjoy this. It was called the uh, Cold Check, the Night Stalker. Um, it's a horror series back in the day with Darren McGavin. And it was kind of like the Twilight Zone, but with a, uh, well, not the Twilight Zone. Like if you took the movie Fletch with a newspaper guy, but instead of it <laughs> yeah, being, yeah, yeah. it's just horror. Um, oh, awesome. And, yeah, it's really cool. You guys should check it out. It's called Cold Check with a K. Uh, the Night Stalker. Uh, if you go on Darren McGavin's uh, IMDb, I'm sure you'll find it. And then there's like tons of episodes. So the ep it always began with the guy typing, you know, because he was a journalist. Mm. And so my mom has a picture with me, like mocking, uh, not mocking, like imitating uh, um, Kolchak, you know, instead of wearing a fedora at, at four or five, I had my Mickey Mouse ears and I'm typing on the, uh, you know, the, new, uh, the, the typewriter. And I just loved watching that, and that kind of influenced me to, you know, deep dig deep inside the imagination and tell stories. I mean, trying to get what you see in your head out on paper was a whole new bag of uh, tricks to learn how to do, you know, because it's not easy to just, you know, write everything that you see in your head. 
Um, can I be so, can I be fair? I would have watched the show of you as a little boy solving mysteries, <laughs> whereas Mickey Mouse ears typing up on the. I think that would have been dope as fuck. I would have watched that all day. Be like, this kid gets. He's like Encyclopedia Brown, but with Mickey Mouse ears on. Yeah, it was leaning great. Against, <laughs> leaning against the wall, like I got another mystery to solve. He's got his, <laughs> so he's he's his apple <laughs> juice and it. He's got candy cigars in his mouth. Well, a cigar with a kid, I'll be like like with a lollipop or some so you know. Yeah, exactly. A Twizzler, exactly. A Twizzler yeah, with my Mickey oh Mouse. Another day, another mystery. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, hold my dinner in the oven. I'll be late tonight. Be home by six. Okay. I was off <laughs> the of daycare center. What a long <laughs> No, so it was uh it was fun. So I was writing a lot, and then uh at seven. Um, I've got the bug of by uh, the bug bit me to act, and my parents actually threw me in this audition for a film that I was in the top five for, uh, a movie oh. called The Champ, and um, I just fell in love with the acting process, and you know, with the op- opportunity to possibly be a star in a Hollywood movie, being number five out of this huge casting call in New York City. Um, but it wasn't until 10 years later. I mean, I was still doing acting and little plays in school. I was writing a little, you know, at my, uh, Catholic school I went to and all this other stuff. I was writing little classroom plays for my friends and I to perform. Um, and, it, you know, did a grease play in junior high, you know, and then I still had the acting. I still loved it, but it was at 17 when I asked my dad to, you know, buy me a video camera. And that was like, at the time, at, during those times, video cameras were pretty damn expensive. Oh, yeah. You know? They were not. They were the size know. of fucking bazookas, man. They yeah, were huge. Yeah, both sides what of the HS. <laughs> what'd, your, uh, what'd your parents think about, like, the acting of it all? Like, I mean, obviously, they were supportive enough to bring you. But, I mean, like, after that, and you got to the top five, and it clearly made an impact on you. What, what were their thoughts after that? Did they ever say? Well, they was, you know, my mom always, my mom was always, like, supportive. My dad was, too, but my dad had the tough love. Uh, and he always told me, you know, um, that, uh, you know, always have something to fall back on because, you know, this is one in a million, blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, and, uh, you know, my parents are no longer with me, but they did get a chance to see a lot of the opportunities and films that I've been doing. You know, they saw me move to LA. They saw me, uh, you know, I had to come back for a, a film that was in a New York film festival that we won. So they, they actually was on the red carpet. So, you know, they, they got to see some, you know, uh, some good things that, that, that came my way, uh, got me, got, got to see me direct, a uh, a big, uh, action film. You know, I mean, it was, it was, it was good from going from the little kid that just dreamt it, you know, is actually doing it. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a true believer in the whole, manifestation and and if you if you believe it if you can dream it and believe it you're absolutely will receive it you know and it's just you just got to stay focused and humbled and and be nice to the people going up because you're going to see the same people coming back down you know very valuable advice and, and we've we've spoken to people either side of the camera 
uh, on our journey with what's the difference. This is all about culture, right? And it's not we not necessarily want to speak to all the actors. We want to speak to producers and writers and you know people that build the props. Anything that that takes some an idea and makes it a reality. And when it comes to um, like young actors and young directors, we've spoken to many. And Luke Allen uh, springs to mind. We <laughs> we had this episode with uh, Luke Allen and Alex Yusefi. Alex was. 15 at the time and they're making huge like waves here in, in Shropshire in the UK in fact I've just been to an audition um, for uh, some of that they're, they're co-working with um, Rocking Horse Media uh, Gareth and they're making a thing called Karen it's a it's a, a drama set in a, a nursing home and they're trying to find their Alid today I've got some pictures to show you um, Ooh, just, show us so, pictures so that's that's the the, the auditions uh, like we've got the mics and I was part of the panel. It's very odd to be part of the panel um, and to judge people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're like judge not let you be judged. You storm out of the room. I mean, like, just <laughs> like to watch. like Alex, come on. But to, to, to see them come up and then they do like these interviews as the character, like they ask some questions as the actor, you know, and then he would react as the actor would react, and then they do scenes and for that for me to go well no no this, this isn't right and this i felt like a dick doing that honestly but it was it's great to be a part of it but you've got to start from somewhere right thomas you've got to like these young kids like they're making these short movies now but that's just the building blocks right yeah i i would actually say look as earlier whether it's uh what i stated about manifestation it could be any career it could be anything. It could be any, you know, it just doesn't have to be the, the, the world of make-believe. Uh, you know, it, it could be anything. If you if you put the work in and you feel it and it's always, you know, it's never greed, it's passion. Um, you know, of course, it's the film business. So it has to make money. So you have to make money in order to continue to work because, you know, it, it's an expensive hobby if, if it's just a hobby. Um, but what you were saying about, yeah, you, you, you absolutely, um, though I would tell people out there, families and, 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 and parents and, and, you know, if their kids have shown, uh, early signs of acting and play and per- pretend, you know, or whatever it is, just encourage them, nurture them, uh, uh, let them, uh, follow that, let them follow their heart and let them figure out, um, uh, uh, what they want to be or what is inside of them that's already programmed what they're going to do in life. You know, when I was mm. a kid uh, in high school, when I made my first movie in high school, um, I was written up in all these newspapers and, you know, people were calling me, ah, look, look at it, uh, Spielberg, you know, thinking they were picking on me. But, I mean, Spielberg and Hitchcock were my, are my idols. So if you're comparing me to them at 17, you know, and I was like, well, those got big shoes to fill, you know, that's, yeah. that's, but what I was getting at with high school is I got invited to a few schools for elementary school to talk about careers. And I'm like, wait, I'm a high school kid. What the hell do I know about this? So they were like, uh, my guidance counselor and the principal said, no, no, you got to represent the school um, and just tell them, you know, how you feel, how you're doing it, what so I went around the room. I remember asking all these kids what they wanted to be when they grew up. Out of the 30 or 40 kids in there, there might have been about six that stated they either want to be a basketball player, uh, an actor, or whatever. Everybody else was basic common, you know, garbage man. Sound, you know, yeah. and it's not common. It's 
jobs we need. People that yes. want to do it. They're following their family or whatever, or a policeman is honorable t teacher. All the jobs are good. And I told those six kids, I remember this, that I told those six kids, you know, in life, there's going to be curveballs. It's going to be people telling you no along the way. No, no, no. And I didn't know this then. It just came to me. You know, I'm 17. I said, people are going to tell you no along the way, but you got to stay on that path. You got to stay focused. If you believe it inside of you and you're listening to that voice, nobody can tell you no. You have to do for you. So if you want to be that doctor, if you want to be that basketball player, if you want to be that, that, that congressman or whatever, you can do it. Just mm. stay to folks. And again, life's going to throw curveballs at you. There's going to be jobs and this. It's going to, like Stallone said in, uh, what was it, Rocky Balboa. It doesn't matter how hard you get hit and how far you fall. It's when you keep getting up, you know, and, and, and oh, I love that. punches. <laughs> You know, it's not about, that's what life, life will throw everything at you, but it's how much do you want it? What's your passion? How much can you stay focused and dodge, dodge everything and just stay on your path and you'll achieve it. You'll achieve everything you want. I would argue that the advice that you gave them actually meant more coming from you because like when, when adults talk to kids, right? Like, especially back in the day, we didn't, we didn't realize we had to get on their level and speak to them as humans. Right. We, adults tend to talk down to kids. I still do it sometimes ever so often, even though I, right. I'm very aware of it. So the fact that you're almost their peer, right? Like these, uh, these kindergartners, these first graders, they're looking up at you and they're like, Oh, he's a high schooler. One day I'm going to be a high school. They can relate right. to you. So when you give these words, of like, you know, hey, you can do it, put your mind to it and, and believe in yourself and all this. I, I feel like that would, you know, impact their lives more. So I tend to agree with your uh, your principal and your guidance counselor. I think it's a really good choice because you're inspiring me right now as we sit here and just bullshit. Oh, I, I'd have ruined it. <laughs> I'd be like, you're all going to be stars apart from you, 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 and you. <laughs> you're you know, fucking useless. <laughs> right. If I, if I was an adult, and I'm talking to the kids. They're going to hear the Charlie Brown teacher. The yeah. Wah, yeah. Wah, 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 and they, wah, they, just, they checked out that who's playing with their pen as a rocket ship. You know, who's doing these little things playing with their, you know, I mean, that's what I was doing in class. That kid's, you know? that kid's way smarter than me. I would be like, this pen looks like it fit in my ass. I'm going to see <laughs> how far. Um, let's let's get back to what you're saying, though, about um, the business of Hollywood. There has been a really cool trend going out where the because before it was if your movie did not make X amount of money and go surpass how much you put into it, then the investment's not worth it. But now with as many like streaming and media devices there are that you're able to view stuff on there's been like this real upsurge with like hey we don't need it to make tons of money it can make a tiny bit of money but getting our name out there is more important than anything else would you agree with that if, if as long as you don't go in the negative is is it still you know um is it still a good thing oh uh, you know depending on how you look at it if you're if you're using somebody else's money uh you know, it's hard to tell the guy hey you know we we came this close but you know mm -hmm. um but you know at, at the end of the day um yes it's all about getting that content out there and if you can get that content on any platform on a dvd in the store or streaming anywhere then you succeeded you made a project and you put it out the biggest thing when I go when I do conventions and I get invited to do conventions and I do panel con discussions, um, they always ask me 
you know, how about being successful? I'm still growing. Yes, I've had some success and I'm grateful and I'm blessed for it. But the one thing that I tell people is two things. Well, one thing and two things um, is number one, always finish your work. Always finish the product. Don't because you got X amount of money, overthink things, shoot your load and, and go and plan something bigger than your budget. Number two, never, never, never ever tell an investor, hey, I, I need finishing funds. Because the first thing the investor is going to turn around to you and say, why couldn't you finish the movie with the money you had? Now, if, the, if I'm giving you more money, what makes you think that you're, not, you're going to finish the movie on my money? So mm-hmm. I always say we word that because finishing funds is, is just so negative to say, you know, mm-hmm. say, hey, you know, um, you know, we, we got a great movie and, and you know, we want to we want to add some cool little things to it. Uh, so we're actually looking for maybe a few extra bucks just to go out and shoot an extra scene or two. That sounds so much better than saying, hey, I need finishing funds. Well, what happened? You couldn't finish your that- movie. Where does that derive from, finishing funds? Is that like uh, just a term that me and Alex are not really familiar with because we're not necessarily oh, no, uh, no, no, so- no, no, no. This is the this part of it is the learning experience that is talking to people like yourself who who talk in this parlance and we kind of need like we we speak to doctors ever so often and we've been very fortunate we we talk to doctors that are really good at breaking shit down the layman. So me and Alex are like oh the heart pumps blood. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> So finishing funds means if uh, someone, as I said, uh, um, doesn't runs out of their money to make their mm-hmm. movie, or don't have a, they didn't plan the full budget. When look, hey, I got ten dollars. I got to make this ten dollars stretch the whole movie. You know, whether you're like, oh, you know what? We can get uh, Larry, who is on The Price Is Right. He's a big celebrity, which he's not. Uh, he wants eight dollars. I'm going to give him eight dollars. And now you're like, oh, shit, I got $2 to do uh, the rest of my movie. What am I going to do? So, and, and, and that, that's what you would call finishing funds. And then it just brings me up to the character Larry I just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, for any filmmakers listening, here's a little word of advice. If you want to put a name or something in a movie that's going to help your movie, that's great. You can find them at conventions. You can find them at, you know, uh, look on TV or whatever. If you have the budget and you can do it, do it. Don't put anybody that was uh, a town celebrity that worked at the the neighborhood supermarket that went on Survivor for a day. And you think, you know, he's, uh, oh, I got this guy. He's in my movie. Nobody cares. Nobody knows who he is. The biggest advice I can say to someone is, Throw a name at your mom. If your mom don't know who they are, nobody else is going to know who they are. Mm. And, and, and that's the key. And just like I love all my horror fans, I, uh, I love all my horror icons. My, they're all my friends. But when you're pitching uh, some movies with uh, some of these uh, actors, you know, the first thing, and if you have to tell the investor who they were or who they are, then, then you already lost your battle because half your audience, if you're looking to make a movie for the world, not just the horror world, there's different genres. Just like romantic comedies, there's actors on Lifetime, there's a, actors on the Lifetime network that are around, but they're not necessarily famous across the world. 
So when you're pitching people that you think is famous, which they are in their own right, you, mm. you and if you have to go back and say, you know, they were in this movie, and then they're like, oh, this, and then when they watch them, they're like, oh, um, oh, the guy that gave the actor a paper bag, you know, or they're not. So do your research, spend your money wisely, you know, because again, you got one chance. If it's your first movie, you got one chance to impress people. You got one chance to make your money back. See, it's it's funny that you say that because me and Alex had an experience um, back in the summertime where we we had the t- the opportunity to interview somebody so offhandly too. It was it was it, it kind of fell in our lap, um, and we got the opportunity to speak to somebody that was notorious. And I I think it goes along with what you were just saying. Like you know, there's famous, but then there's famous. You know, like everybody knows people. And what me and Alex did this interview with uh, with Carol Baskins, the girl from with Tiger King, and we knew that it was a notorious name, but it was like my kids know who she is, and my my mom know who she is. She's never seen the documentary. They know who this lady is. So right. it was important for us to kind of like at least attempt. Oh, it pissed see. people off though. It, it pissed, really pissed people, people off, off so <laughs> bad. And me and Alex were in the background like, why? It's just a conversation. It's not like we're sitting there advocating for anything. It's not like we're saying, hey, do this or don't do that or, or yelling at this person. We took the opportunity to, in, to interview this lady because one, she was actually a lot nicer than we had any um, real ideas she was going to be, right? Um, and then also like we were like, this is an opportunity to speak to somebody that that's you know globally famous so i i completely agree with what you're saying about if you're going to go for it go for it because it's something that me and alex have lived before and it's just it's tried and true unfortunately right right i mean or, or just be humble and make a movie if you got a great story just tell the story if you got a great story and it's executed well people are going to watch it People are going to listen. I mean, you may make uh, look at the, uh, what the hell is the movie? The Blair Witch Project. Yeah. You know, everybody talked about that film. Um, but what made people watch that movie was because it was uh, the, the marketing made it yes. sound like, oh my God, you know, this is true. But no, they mm-hmm. never said it was a true story. And here you had three actors playing themselves, kind of. You know, and they're playing their own names, you know, their own self in a movie, a version of themselves. And they this movie got big and big. Um, and it was shot for, I don't know, $30,000, dollars $40,000, supposedly. And mm-hmm. it went on to make uh, a fortune. It oh, went on paranormal, to make fortune. paranormal activity as well. That was another yes. one. That the yeah. highest, grossing, on- highest profiting movie of all time. Paranormal activities. Blair Witch was done. The marketing. I'm glad that you yeah. said the marketing was done so well on that that like up until I think the day of the movie, everybody thought that movie was real because it was one of the first like super famous found footage films. The Poughkeepsie tapes, I obviously it was terrible, being. By the way, <laughs> really oh, like get it. out of here! I didn't, it's brilliant. I liked horror movies, but I thought I was like, what the fuck is this? Oh, it's brilliant! It's so fucking brilliant. Like, I, 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 but they this is before uh, there was any sort of uh, camera stabilization. Uh, there was, you know, I mean, where, you, like, they only show you certain things on the trailer. So when you're watching the movie, you're like, oh my god, this looks pretty good. Like they're all mm. showing you the static shots, you know, so the scenes that the camera's not moving. And yeah. then when you actually go to the movie, you know, I mean, it was one of those things that uh, I think it was torn between the audience. You either really loved it or said, what the hell did I just watch? It's, you know, uh, it reminds me of. Um- because Cloverfield did something different, similar as well, didn't they? Did that with Cloverfield, and I really well, liked Cloverfield. 
Yeah, but it was <laughs> sure a bigger is. budget, and it had real. It had actors in it, you know, and it was probably mm-hmm. J.J. Abrams, you know. So people went in. So I, I can honestly say that Blair Witch Project did start the trend of the found footage. Is probably and also started the whole POV uh, point of view uh, um, style of filmmaking as well, you know, um, which you know it, it's cheaply done. Uh, it was executed, and you know you waited the whole movie to see nothing. Exactly, that's the other kicker of it all. Is like literally you get through the whole thing, and then you see virtually nothing. It's 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 very well done. Yeah. Um, because we're already getting in there. Um, like tell a us about episode, you know, I mean, Seinfeld yes, exactly. the whole yeah. about nothing, but you enjoy a, it. A Seinfeld know? episode with a bunch of whiny teenagers that are like, "Where's the map?" It's, 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 it's all about. <laughs> it's all about the writing though isn't it i mean like you know you think of signs right signs was a great film and you, you saw the alien like three times briefly yeah yeah, yeah. 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 and that, it's all about that, the build-up and that writing if you got that skill man oh, when we're talking to david it. kirshner um i really kind of like pat him on the back because he he uh, was the producer on on child's play the original and he um he i i said like the fact that you guys jaws it up right like you don't see chucky until very close to the end of the movie you see him in the background you see him like pov and all that stuff but you don't see chucky and i find that to be far more effective than if you just drop the doll in your laps you're like yep there's chucky and he's gonna stab you in the face right now it, it's far creepier um which is kind of like ruined for the the, for the sequential the the sequence of the films that come after it because obviously once you see chucky and expect him you you kind of want that more but in that first one, it, it does it very well. And he's like, oh, thank you so much for saying that because they're the uh, director, the original director of it really wanted to just drop Chucky like right off the bat and have him be in the forefront. And I was like, dude, that, that would have been uh, the, the wrong thing to do. It, a it, small it works soldiers, far right? Better. That's a- <laughs> yeah, small, yeah, yeah, like a small soldier as well. It, it works a lot better that way. Um, so tell us about the Amityville Moon. Where, where did this come from? Like, what, like, wh- when did you have the idea for it? Like, how production went? Tell us everything about it before we play the trailer. So it goes back to uh, um, there was a movie I did, uh, which is actually released in the in Europe, uh, in the UK, and Germany. So uh, it should be coming out uh, in the United States soon, called Big Freaking Rat. Um, it's a, uh, it's a campy thing. Friday the 13th meets, uh, Jaws, but with a giant rat. And, oh, that's awesome. It's a, it's a creature feature that was designed pretty much like I wanted to do something to have fun and still tell a cool story, be campy to a point, but not campy. Give the characters real, you know, have the characters be relatable and everything else. And, uh, it did very well, um, uh, in Europe, uh, and um, I don't know if it's still called Big Freaking Rat in Europe or Big Rat. I know in Germany they called it Big Bad Rat. <laughs> so Nice. Um, That's a dope-ass tale, Big Bad Rat. And when we were filming that film, uh, I came up with a, uh, a concept, a trilogy to do uh, for the Amity- an Amityville story. Um, mm. The one was called The Amityville Harvest, uh, which came out last year through Lionsgate. Uh, which is uh, about a vampire living in Amityville, and he owns a funeral home. Oh, and, cool! Which is great. It's a, it's a fun film, and then uh, then we wanted to follow that up with the Amityville Moon, which is a werewolf film, mm. um, and uh, that was just released through Lionsgate on uh, October fifth, and uh, so it's a good Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to do a werewolf movie uh, that that kind of 
played back to my childhood where I grew up with American Werewolf from London, The Howl, yeah. Silver Bullet, especially yes. uh, in the original, you know, The Wolfman. I mean, I wasn't around when that was made, but I just love those films and I love the practical effects. And mm. uh, I, I thought they nailed it. All those movies nailed it. And I wanted to tell a story that at least I'd like to be in the same room with those great titles uh, and do something for the fans, for myself, and to tell something uh, in a, a werewolf movie in a murder mystery type of way. Like mm. if Alfred Hitchcock was directing a werewolf movie, how would it be told? You yes. know, who did it? Who is it? You know? So I wanted to do something like that with practical effects. I wanted to absolutely do a transformation scene um, that, you know, echoes uh, American Werewolf and how mm. and all those guys. And, uh, you know, I called up my uh, one of my best friends, uh, Roy Kinnearum at Soda Effects, and uh, we talked about it. And uh, because I, I was on a TV show with Roy about 10 years ago called Monster Man that was on the sci-fi network. And at the time I was supposed to do this other werewolf movie and everything just fell apart with it. The investor was, uh, you know, not real and all that stuff. So it was, it, uh, <laughs> was it he, was, was he a Niger was he a Nigerian prince? He's like, I will give you lots of money. And you're like, yeah, sounds great. We're going to make a movie guys. <laughs> no, the Nigerian prince keeps calling me up to tell me that I got an uncle trapped in a mudslide and oh, a case so of $5 million dollars to send me if i send him five thousand dollars can i can i chip in towards this i want to save your uncle from this mudslide dude i'm very concerned right now i keep yeah. getting uh messages off women on facebook saying do you want to see my tits yeah and you're like i, I want to see him but i don't want to pay for them that seems ridiculous so <laughs> yeah. free or don't give them no. all so so with the amityville moon um we uh we told a great film uh, I think it's fun. It's a throwback to the 80s. It, it has a, I wanted to do a, feel like a nostalgia type of film, and it, and it has that. It feels like that. And it's then big when, at the moment, that is. It's huge. Yeah. It's in, in yeah, trend, yeah, it is. isn't it? And I wanted, I wanted to tell that. And I also, with music, uh, what makes the 80s feel, what makes a movie feel like the 80s is, uh, I mean, in the horror, would be John Carpenter. So yeah. I wanted to have some sort of, you know, nod to his type of musical style. And we did that with the score uh, with Amityville Moon. So, you know, um, it's doing pretty good. Uh, you know, it just came out. People, uh, I'm reading, you know, um, a lot of positive reviews. And, you know, the negative reviews, I read a line and I put it away because, uh, good. you know. Good. I, I'm guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it comes down to the fact that you made a movie and they hate themselves for not doing something. They can criticize you all they want and try to point right. out the faults, whatever they feel it might be. But the fact is, you made a movie. They didn't. If they have something to fucking say, make your own movie. Then we can judge you, motherfuckers. Tom, they um, can easily make a movie if they come out of their mom's basement. Yeah, it's true. But <laughs> fuck, mom's basement's warm and there's cookies and shit. Um, let's let's play the trailer really quick, um, and then uh, we'll we'll continue the chat. All right, go. God, it's creepy down here. Now let's get out of here. Did you hear something? Mister Nolan, Carla Montgomery, go find him. Take him back to the halfway house. I pray to God that you bring our girls back safe and sound. A search for runaways. I think you're only going to find one girl. Why is that? Because she's dead. Colin, taken. 
Just like the others. Will turn into something sinister. I got a lead on one of the girls. Now who has got you running? Hey, I help you with something? I'm only here to take her back to St. Matthias. Screw you. She's not going anywhere. Who's after you? Not Hill, more like what? The beast. The silver boy. You got a werewolf problem in this guy? It's unleashed. <laughs> the Amityville Moon. Your grip, sister. It's hurting my arm. Better to hold on to you, my dear. Nice. Very cool. Uh, right off the bat, that looks amazing. I love practical effects, especially in, in, in werewolf movies. Uh, me and Alex is one of our favorite. It's one of the things that we kind of like talked about very early on in a relationship, and it bonded us instantly. Was we it's are a fucking big art. It's, it's an art. Great, dude, we love Dog Soldiers. Dog Soldiers is one of our favorite fucking werewolf movies. The great Neil Marshall, of course, made it, and it's all practical. Like There is not a drop of CGI in there. Now, when it comes to making something as, as real and raw as horror, I mean, it's got to be practical. Like CGI is kind of killing it because just the overuse and the oversaturation of it, right? But yeah, I mean, CGI has its place. Uh, uh, I'm Avengers trash. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but certain things, I mean, if, if uh, CGI does have its place in films, um, and CGI was basically where it should be blended uh, mm. in with the regular film, mm. not like taking you out and saying, well, there's obviously... Uh, um, fake you know i mean like the the remake of the wolfman the transformation was cool but it was all cgi um the uh the sequel to american werewolf in london which maybe five people saw uh, i have a dirty I'm, so, I'm sorry to cut you off i have a dirty secret i love that fucking movie i still love that fucking american werewolf in paris i still love that fucking movie i'm so i'm horrible it came out the right time i was young and impressionable and i fucking love that movie keep going keep going all <laughs> was prequels too i did i i did except the, i didn't like the sequel the two and three because like they were long and boring and talking about trade routes with fucking political issues and i'm like bring back the sith this is stupid but uh american werewolf in paris had boobs in it one two um well, it had werewolves and it, it, i like the soundtrack the bush song completely, completely cgi yeah it was it was so cgi there, there was a couple like in that graveyard scene the graveyard scene where they go and fuck on uh, uh john or uh what's his face from the doors like jim morrison when they fuck on jim morrison's grave um that is real except for the part where he hops to the doors but it's not American Werewolf in London. American Werewolf in London is a fucking, you know, treasure. Whereas American Werewolf in Paris, you know, I was one of those five people that saw it. It was that era of movies, though, where everything was CGI. I mean, one of the biggest, mm. one of my biggest disappointments, which is weird because I used to love it, was the Spawn movie. I oh, really love Spawn. Spawn. And it's in a fucking abomination. You look at it and you think, how did they look at this and go, yeah, that'll do. Oh, yeah, it's great. Look at that cape. That cape looks so real, right, Todd? He's like... No, he's like, well, here's another million, Todd. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. So I, I just was revisiting uh, um, Dune, the uh, 1986. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't see the new version yet, but I'm planning this weekend to watch, to refinish the 1986 uh, version and then the new version. But 
it was so the special effects in the 86 movie was like Tron. I mean, they were just so <laughs> cartoony, but at the time when it came out, you know, people were, you know, saying, Oh my God, it's a uh, groundbreaking, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's gotta be groundbreaking somewhere because, you know, where we are now is just, we expect it, you know, I mean, mm. groundbreaking is, is making dinosaurs, appear in the same scene as you in back in uh, 19 what it was in 92 with uh with, with jurassic park and it was like oh my yeah. groundbreaking is marty mcfly flying in a delorean and i, know, feel, I feel like that, that's why they're go, re revisiting these things though like dune like blade runner like you know the matrix even you know because that was a yeah. the, the technology is better now and it's where the, where it could be to make it these original ips look fresh and, and right. new and reinvigorate those imaginations in people. I think it's right. I think it's promising, but I just hope they don't overdo it. You know, certain films like you you brought up, you know, a couple of the really good ones, and especially like if you look at Jurassic Park, still today the CGI is pretty fucking phenomenal. You're like, oh, I, they they pulled that off, but then Harry Potter comes out like ten years later and it looks like dog shit, and you're just like, well, I could build one better on my phone right now and make Harry Potter look yeah. like he's fucking flying. Right. It's 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 very interesting how they kind of like pick and choose which films are going to be um the ones that like really take us forward in CGI. Do you, are you excited for the new Doom film? It looks great. You know, I mean, I uh I'm always a Star Wars fan at heart and mm. you know, all sci-fi films when I watch them, I just it always brings me back to uh Star Wars, you know. I mean, but Dune uh does look spectacular. Uh you know, I mean, uh, I was excited to watch Stargate, and then when I watched that movie, I thought it was okay. The yeah, special yeah. effects were great, but it was, you know, I guess it did well because it's the series was so much better. <laughs> so it spawned two series, you know, yeah. and and uh, it actually gave birth to Jason Momoa. Uh, mm, it did, of course, yes. Stargate, Stargate Atlantis. Oh, I yeah. didn't want. Oh, really. He yeah. was he was Aquaman and he was in Stargate Atlantis. <laughs> well, he was before Aquaman. This is like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Motherfucker can't stay out of the ocean. Also in the the uh, the other movie that nobody really talks about anymore was the remake of Conan the Barbarian. He was Conan. Oh yeah, I forgot that movie came out. Wow, like exactly. Yeah, and it was all apparently. Those um, people watched American Werewolf in Paris. <laughs> no, they did not. We did not. <laughs> We did not. It was made by Dimension. It was good. It was around. The, it, it came out the same exact time that like uh, Halloween, uh, Curse of Michael Myers came out. Like uh, Dimension was putting out some real stinkers at that time, and I was just lapping it all up because like horror used to be edgy, right? Like going into the video store and skipping past the comedy and the action and the drama and the romance and going right to the horror section and picking out what you're going to watch. And as a kid, it doesn't matter if it's fucking garbage. It just matters that it's kind of like edgy and risky. And like my dad wasn't really big on like, you know, he, he, he let me watch horror movies, which I, I thank him to this day for. I'm like, man, I got to see everything I always want to see because you, you know, let me rent it. You, he bought me the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street box set on VHS when I was like 11. So like horror has always been very, very important to me. But the greatest um, decade of horror is the 80s. Yes. Oh, yes. The thing. The thing's fucking phenomenal. And, I, and my it's God, that every, movie. every great movie, every great horror film, because you were allowed to... Uh, um, step over that line to a point, you know, 
And now everything is, you know, you, you, you gotta, you gotta watch what you shoot. You can't have this. You can't put two different things in a, in the same scene. You know, you can't have that. You can't have, which, you know, I, I get it. I absolutely get it. And, and I'm all for doing things the right way for, you know, for, uh, cause movies are impressionable to people and some people don't know how to relate to, it's just a movie, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and and take things in, 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 in their own hands and try to recreate scenes with their family and her people. You know, I mean, uh, we're living in a society now that um, I was just on a show not too long ago and I talked about that, you know, I'm a, I'm a little older than you guys, uh, I, nah. I think. I think. Nah. Uh, and, and, you know, back when I was a kid, most of our conversations with my family was around the dinner table. It was everybody always ate dinner together. We talked about everything. There was always one day dedicated to the family. You didn't really go out. You didn't really hang out with your friends. You sat home. You you you, you played games with your folks and and brothers and siblings, and you watched movies. Um, I used to come home from school and you know beeline home because I knew my uh, back back then I knew my dad just went to the video store and he got the three movies we're gonna watch tonight three movies yes. we're gonna oh, sit yeah. after Friday nights for us that was amazing oh. it was it was amazing and even parks you know you drive past parks there's nobody playing in the park no more when I was a kid there was uh, all these games people were playing balls football baseball soccer everything was happening kids were on swings family well, i think that's i think that kind of stopped actually like in the the 80s actually i think that was the era um i take it you're from new york city right um i take it from uh what you were saying earlier and the parks and all that am i right yeah, one in brooklyn raised in queens new york city okay. So first of all, I'm a New Yorker as well. I'm just the bastard son New Yorker. I'm from Poughkeepsie, uh, right? Yeah, your point. your accent isn't half as bad as Thomas's. I no, love no, that no, accent. No, 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 as no. British Thomas guy, is a I real love that American accent. I think. Yeah, I can't, I can't. I try to hide my accent at times because people. Say, oh, oh man, man. accentuate that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. New York, New York's a great accent. And the fact is, I have more of a Canadian accent. I moved all the way up fucking top. Hey. Um, I, I was watching Unsolved Mysteries, and I, I, there was this uh, portion of it about these two toddlers that got taken from Central Park, like within three months of one another, and that was like in '83 or something along those lines. And that was also the time that Johnny Gosh got taken. Um, I think in the '80s is when people became really aware, and that's when like just letting your kids go to the park by themselves and all that type of shit. I think that just went to a kaput at that point. You don't really go to the park by yourselves. You go with a group, you go with your boys, you go with your friends, you, you know, you're going to, yeah. and plus at parks, uh, at least all the parks that I was aware of and that I went to, they were, they were always divided by sections. You got your swings and your little seesaws and there was moms and dads there with their kids then you had your handball courts where there was always people playing handball or paddleball. Then you had your softball or hardball areas where there was always people playing. And you usually go to the park uh, with your friends. And, you know, I mean, we went to the parks, but we also played stickball uh, that nobody plays anymore. Uh, that that um, I want to – I've been working on a script about stickball. Uh, so, I mean, I'd love to um, – nice. You guys have got 
so much better parks than what we have over here. Don't oh, know. yeah, dude. Our parks are bad. We've got a crackhead that's fallen asleep on top while the foot covered in graffiti while there's some like. We got that too, Alex. Sat on the swing smoking. I went to I went to um, a park in um, in Belgium, actually. Went to see friends in Brussels. And we are walking through one of the parks and I was like, what the shit? Like, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, like, we you got to have a place you can bring the kids, Alex. But we, we have all those things, too. It's just that happens after dark. Once the kids leave, then, you know, the guys there smoking crack and the bums and all that type of stuff. Then they sneak onto the parks. Unless you live in the middle of nowhere like I do, in which case it's all fucking goats and shit. I don't know. I, I do have some questions, though, about your, your process, Thomas, about, about like, how, how you put things together. Because after all these years now, when it comes to creating a new idea, so you've got the script right there in your hand, you've got it. The process from there to having the, the finished article in your hand. Do you have that process written down now? Is it just natural for you? Right, we need to get casting. We need to do this. We need to do that. Yeah, I mean, yes. Uh, once you write a script, and once it's kind of greenlit by whoever the investor is, whether it's a studio or a private investor, and you have the money locked into the bank, then you you plan on uh, the next step. I mean, there's a lot of business aspect that has to go on with the money in the bank and everything else. But for the for the creative process, yeah, then you begin your casting. Uh, you know, uh, you, you get who you think is going to be great uh, for the roles. Um, once you get your, your casting in line, then you, uh, you can either do two things at the same time. You can either get the locations locked in because you can set your dates, uh, which I normally do. Uh, I lock my dates in so I know we're shooting here. We're shooting this. We're shooting this time from this time, from this date to this date. And then I'll go out and lock my locations in. Then I'll go and cast. Because this way, if I have an actor says, uh, well, you know, I'm going to be out of town. I already know that before I even finish their audition. Are you available on these dates? Yes or no. Okay, next. You know, uh, once, the, once the, the casting process is finished, then we, uh, you know, we go into a little bit of pre-pro. We start building some sets or whatever we need to do. And then we get on set. Um, usually a few weeks of shooting and then from shooting, uh, we go into the post production process, which is your editing, your coloring, your create, you know, you know, your cast, uh, uh your credits, your sound, your score. So, uh, a movie is actually made three times, uh, Alex, um, uh, once as a writer, once as the director, once as the editor. So mm. a movie is always made three times. Yeah, that's that's so that's, that's that you genuinely really Alex? interesting because yeah. well, well, I mean, yeah, it, it is, but I, hey, I always I, feel like I, you're I, always like Alex is always like busy doing something. I'll, I'll be like, Hey, man, what are you doing? I'll be sitting there watching a movie, and you'll be like, Oh, I'm editing, oh, I'm planning, oh, I'm doing this. I'm like, That sounds stupid. Why are you doing that? He's like, Because the show doesn't go out if yeah, I don't, it's do just Tom. really it's really just really good after you know years of experience of doing this of having that process locked down because when we did we did a, a 24-hour podcast uh for charity a while ago yeah, uh thomas called pod aid and when we first started planning i was kind of like <laughs> i was just kind of like let's do everything at the same time but if i'd have had that process locked down and if i'd have had mm. the process ready it probably would have been a lot easier so yeah. i'm learning as i go along you now know. you guys are wait one's in the uk and one's in uh in the states or you yeah, just, yeah, yeah, I'm in yeah. Vermont, and uh, Alex lives in Shrewsbury, uh, UK. Oh, yeah. I, I get, I get my, uh, 
nothing from Shrewsbury. I was trying to. <laughs> oh shit! But I he gets even less than me. Where, the at? where is Shrewsbury at? Um, it's just near the Welsh border. It's actually the birthplace of Charles Darwin. Um, okay. So it's yes. um, if you know where Birmingham is there. in the UK. Is it, yeah. Is it also near the? Uh, isn't it almost the birthplace of Tom Jones as well? That's um, Wales. That's, that's uh, Cardiff, I think. Yeah. I was like, how does Thomas know more about where Alex lives than I do? And I've known Alex for like four years now. This is fucking crazy. And I'm like, yeah, I've Tom been, Jones. I've been to London once a uh, long time ago. I, I loved it. Um, and then I've been to Paris at the same time. And uh, it's crazy. My mom was obsessed with Tom Jones. And, and you, wanted, you want to be loved. Baby. She wanted to name me after Tom Jones. And Amazing. my father put his foot down. So she got the first name and the initials uh, <laughs> so i was actually named uh, my middle initial now is not jones it was named after my uh my grandfather but uh okay, you so are- that's shrewsbury and that's london oh so and then still, that's 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 a good distance how many uh um how far is that from london in a drive about about three three hours three 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 and a half hours to london Interesting. Uh, and is that the Thames on uh, on the left or no? Um, so, oh no, that's a big ocean. Oh uh, yeah, that's a, that's that's the, the 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 Bristol Channel just there. Uh, this is Wales. This bit here. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Swansea, Cardiff. Welcome to, welcome to Maps and Makers by Tom and Alex. Oh, well, I just had a bit of context to know. No, 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 no it's all good. You it's come to good. the states at all, or you're you know UK oh, guy? I wish. The closest I've come to the States is Hawaii. Um, that was years and years ago. But um, we, we made plans last year for me to come over, then COVID hit. So yeah. um, soon, soon. COVID um, is uh, the killer of all. Yeah. It's killer kind of, of fun. Killer like of freedom. The, it's like the killer, the bad guys in Scooby-Doo. You know, it's like I would have got away <laughs> with it too if, if if it wasn't for your Bedlam kids. You know, I would have yeah, been there if it wasn't for COVID. It's <laughs> uh, true. I'm gonna start using it actually. If I think okay I'm the only you, guy that goes. Oh no, no, no! Do you want? Where do you want to go in America? You want to go to the Grand Canyon, Las Vegas, L.A., New York? No, I want to go New York, New England. Yeah, yeah. Let me go to Vermont, New England. I want to <laughs> judge it and be like, it's not as good as old England. And we're like, yeah, we get it, Alex. Old England's great. <laughs> Vermont, Vermont gets cold in this winter time, don't it? <laughs> no shit. It's it was 39 today when I was out and about walking my dog. I'm like, fuck me. This is not the time. This is why like I'm when I go trick or treating, uh we're actually recording a week behind guys. So hey, when I go uh, trick or treating on Halloween, we'll be driving an hour south just so we don't have to put on fucking, you know, jackets to go trick or treating cuz stupid. Um we're That's we're running I short. Left I left New York. Uh yeah? because, uh well, to come out here but I was just, I was so tired of the, 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 the weather in New York is uh, brutal. Six months out of the year, it's great. Six months out of the year, you're freezing your butt off. But it's January and February, beginning of February, where it is so cold that you feel the, no matter how many layers of clothing you're in, it cuts right through you and you hit the bone. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Alex, you, you get the same weather as uh, East and New York and all that other stuff, don't you? We, we we can do. I mean, we do get a lot of snow and it does get to like, I think we, every year, for the last few years, it's got to minus 20 degrees Celsius, which is 
a bit similar to what Tom gets. I think it's a little a bit cold, colder in Vermont. Yeah. Um, just a little bit. Just cool. a little bit. Um, I always, I always like it, especially because you know this, um, this will be released this week. Or, um, I, w- I would like to know, can you give some recommendations? Um, what if if people are gonna watch, let's say, three horror movies for Halloween? I, as a filmmaker, which three would you recommend for these for to binge watch? Well, I would tell them to go to the theater and watch Halloween Kills. Uh, oh snap! Is, uh, I I enjoyed it. Um, I think it's a great film. Um, it's a fun film. Uh, it's pretty much everything you wanted to see with Michael Myers. Um, and then I would tell them to binge watch two of my favorites of all time, um, would be, uh, psycho and the original psycho, not the, not the Gus Van Sant remake that you just, not the one with Anna, she's asshole in it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and the original exorcist. And yeah. if I say if I had to add three more to that list, I would tell Please. them to watch The Shining, yes. Silence of the Lambs, and probably Exorcist Three because it's underrated and it's a great. Yes. I still to this day have horrors, uh, nightmares. There's this scene in, in Exorcist Three where they're just looking down the corridor of the the, the hospital and you see right. the knife, the lady with the knife from walk past. Ah, with the hedge clippers. Yeah, the, that's right. Yeah. yeah, and then the Jesus I, crying. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, Jesus don't cry. He just sweats man tears, bro. Um, <laughs> Thomas, I I gotta say, man, you are a fucking national treasure. There, there should be a thousand more people just like you. Actually, no, there shouldn't be because then you wouldn't be as cool as you fucking are. But what I'm, I guess, what I'm trying to say out of it is that. You know, I, I love a person that takes their passion, they make it happen, they put it all on the line, they, you know, say, this is what it is, and this is how I'm going to do it, and I'm going to stick by these guns because this is what's important to me. I love the fact that you chose a werewolf fucking movie to go with Amdeville because I love the Amdeville horror as well. Um, I, I think that it was just an exceptional thing, and I, for one, am going to be watching this tonight because I always spend my weekends watching horror films. So yours will be on the top of the list tonight, sir. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, uh, I'm just, I'm just, blessed and grateful and uh i don't want to get all religious and all and i just feel that you know god put me on this path and just following his path and what he wants me to do and there i am to the sorry uh tom i didn't mean to cut you off um but to the the, the future thomas churchill's out there the the the, the, the luke allen's and the, and the gareth thomas's out there that i've worked with today you know the people that are working their way up what advice would you give them don't take no uh, for an answer. Well, depending on what, <laughs> yeah, what yeah, it yeah. is. <laughs> All right, let, me, let me stop there. Um, uh, be persistent and follow your heart, follow your goals. Uh, listen to that little voice inside of you uh, because that little voice is in there for a purpose to guide you in making your right decisions. So, you know, forget about the little good guy on your shoulder and the bad guy on the shoulder. It's the guy inside of you that you got to listen to. And uh, everybody has a path in life that they've walking to achieve what their goal is, no matter what their goal is. Now, when you get naysayers and people telling you, no, 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 you can't, you can't, you can't. These are the frustrated people uh, or people that's trying to guide you in their way of doing it instead of your way. Now, when I say frustrated people, these might be people that might be uh, people that 
deep down never achieved their goal or never mm. and settled. And, uh, you know, instead of being that baseball player, now they're that coach, uh, you know, which is fine because you all, you need a good coach, but you also have to understand everybody's got that fork in the road and wherever that fork is, you know, you, the, the road that you have to take is all inside of you. The road that you're not supposed to take, you say, fork it. You don't have to go that way. And, and you, you just follow all of your passion and put it all out there. You know, if you, uh, as I said earlier, if you, if you dream it and you truly believe it, you'll receive it. Excellent. I love it. Um, where can people see your stuff? Where they, where can they get a hold of you if they want to do so? Where can they keep track of you? Um, they can. I'm on social media as well um, under Thomas J. Churchill or Churchill Productions. dot uh, com is my website. Um, you can Google me and uh, I pop up. Sometimes I'll knock on your door and say, "Hey, what do you want?" Um, or, or you know, if you're looking to watch any of my films, uh, you know, you just type my name and whether it's your cable box or your streaming service, uh, I'll save people. Uh, I only have one movie on. Netflix. Uh, it's a movie I wrote called The Hard Way with uh, coincident with uh, Spawn himself, Michael J. White. What? Uh, yeah. Um, I wrote that film, uh, The Hard Way, but most of my films are probably streaming or in stores or whatever. I mean, again, um, you know, I, I've done action films. Uh, I've done horror films. I've done family films. I got a Christmas movie that's on BET Plus called The Business. Oh. Christmas. Um, uh, if you want to watch a good action film, you got Checkpoint, Nation's Fire, and The Hard Way. If you got uh, horror, I would recommend people to watch The Amityville Moon that just came out, as well as uh, if you want to watch The Amityville Harvest, have a Thomas Churchill double feature night. Fucking hey, that's what I'm probably going to do. Sounds great. <laughs> Fuck. Yes. Let's, uh, get, Tom- let's get Thomas back on. Yes, yeah. after we watch it. After- let's get Thomas back on. Yes, yes, let's get Thomas back on. Let's talk about Thomas like he's not here right now. Let's get that Thomas guy back on, right? Yes. Yeah. We oh, keep him. Stay yeah. up. <laughs> he's got some set of hair. Yeah, oh, he's got. He's so masculine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, we got to well, hey, challenge. Good. you got to stick oh. together. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's all good. What we um, tend to do... Oh, sorry. Yep. No, I was going to explain. Gonna... What we tend to do now is yes. um, we're going to go uh, over to the later lounge, which is a, a good 20 minutes where we can sit and just catch up. We haven't seen each other for a couple of weeks, so mm-hmm. we're going to talk about what we've been up to and stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll let you go and get on with your day. But, Thomas, you've been a genuine pleasure to speak to. Thank you, sir. Both of you guys. And thank you very no, much. You've, honestly, seriously, thank you. Yeah. And um, we hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Thomas Churchill. Great. Thank you very much. Be blessed, guys. Be blessed. Thank you, and hope to see you guys soon. Have a great day. Ciao. Right. Okay. So we're going to quickly get over to the later lounge, which I'm I'm very sorry, guys. It's been there's been a change in management, so things have been changed up a little bit in the later lounge. So should we go over there? Yeah, let's go. Let's check it. Welcome to the <laughs> fucking love that so much. That was badass. Oh my god, I can't believe they turned this fucking strip club into a metal joint. It's so good. Oh, I love it. I love they it still so have much. the polls though. What the fuck's that all about? Uh, yeah, I know. 
but they've uh, they've just got sad goths just in the corners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. doing that fucking South Park dance. That There's was the fun. From the Limp Biscuit video, just walking up and down. <laughs> that was fun. I I love talking to people involved in horror, especially this time of the month. Yeah. Yeah. A really nice, sincere guy, and I love that. Um, there seems to be an emphasis there just to try and help people out a little bit, and I really mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yes. You know. Um, so speaking of Halloween, fucking, what are you guys gonna do on Halloween? Not an awful lot, to be honest, not an awful lot at all. Um, Timmy went to a, a party for Beavers, uh, which is you know, what for Cup Oh, yeah, 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 I was like, whoa, Alex, fucking... <laughs> what? All right, all right. So you not went that kind to, of club, you... not that kind of yeah, club, yeah. man. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I, I have, I've been so, so busy, like, I'm trying to catch up with stuff, you know, since even mm-hmm. since Pod Aid, like. I've really, really fucked myself over because, like, after pod eight, I was told to rest by everybody, including you, Tom. Just rest, do nothing, and I've done the complete opposite. I've buried myself in, in content creation and work and stuff, and and right now, I'm really feeling it, really feeling it badly. I've I've been mm-hmm. suffering from nausea for the last three days. I don't know what it is, but you know when you like, we feel a bit like Off. out there a little bit. Mm. Mm. So. That's, mm. Sucks, dude. Fucking this is this is why we are taking the entire next month off. Fucking yes. so we can get everything. We're going to take the next month off. We're gonna do um, a holiday special um before Christmas. Big one. It'll probably can be. Can we just very say long... fuck fuck the holidays and just call it Christmas special? I suppose it's mm. yeah, we can call it, well, I mean I, I like Christmas. We can call it the Christmas. We're gonna do a Christmas special, it'll be a long episode. Um, we'll probably bring on a, a guest, maybe even two, depending on what we do. Um but I want to get someone that's made a Christmas movie on. I'm gonna yeah. work on that. Yeah, well, actually, I was going to look to see if Dom Mancini, um, who David Kirshner were kind of, you know, bumped towards us. I want to see if he made a Christmas movie because he'd be a good guest to get on. Maybe. Or maybe Scott Mosier. <laughs> oh, that'd be excellent. You made the Grinch this whole Christmas. Come talk to us for a few minutes. Um, but yeah, so I've, are yeah, you going to dress up? Are you going to dress up for Halloween? Probably not. Probably what? Not. What do you uh, mean? I'm going. So what, I'm going away this week to Skegness. It's, a, it's a, on the East Coast. Of the, okay. of the of the England and of it's a Isle. seaside place just on the coast mm-hmm. uh but it's in the, the end of October so it's not gonna be like seaside weather but you're, I not, said gonna go, to, you're not gonna go swimming no you're not putting this yeah. many pictures of me in the sea but I said to Cass even if we sat in a caravan playing uno for a week I don't give a shit like I'm not taking my laptop on purpose just gonna zone out I was even thinking of having like a social media break yeah you know do it fucking then do it uh, and um, when we get back, I've got an interview on the 30th uh, with the amazing Ron Morgan, who gave me one of his books to read, gave me his book to read. Um, uh, and then on the 31st, which is actually Halloween, I have a, um, a radio show to do during the day oh. and another podcast to record. So I've got lots going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's no doubt like that you're not busy. It's just like, how about if you dress in costume early in the day and just wear it all day? I guess I could just... Do the radio just as a vampire? No one can see me. Yes, that'd be X. Oh, dude, no way. That'd be so great. I'd be like, fucking, I was dressed like a vampire. Look at him sparkle. I'll, I'll do. The, I'll be the energy vampire from. Um, oh, what, what we, we do, do in the, the shadows. shadows? Yeah, I support so that. That's I went dope. to the shop the other day and I went to buy a chocolate bar and I didn't have enough change. Um, so I asked the guy. Um, <laughs> Maybe not, a podcast. maybe not on a nah, podcast. Maybe not Maybe. Um, I, for one, will be dressing up. That's what I'll be doing. And you be... dressing up for Halloween? No fucking way. Yeah, no way. It's it's so weird. It's something I would never do ever. <laughs> uh, me and the wife have a couple's costume because we're gay, and um, we're gonna do that. 
Um, next year, I think we're going to, I'm going to grow out my hair for next time, next Halloween. And I'm going to be uh, Molder from X-Files. Like I already talked to Sean about, I was like, yo, let's do this. Let's take all year and like get the pieces to the costume and make it right. And the next year rolls around, we're going to be fucking Scully and Molder, And then we're going to be fucking Scully and Molder. Who initiates the, the couple's costumes thing? Is it you? Or is it Shona? It depends. It depends. We well, like originally it was a family costume thing. Like that was how it was always was. We do family costumes. And then the kids got older, they stopped wanting to hang out with us. So now it's couples costumes. That's how we kind of do it. We do couples costumes. Would it really piss her off if one year you're like, no, I want to go as Jason? So, well, no? we did Fuck that up. like a couple of years back. She went as Harley Quinn and I went as the, the Crow, which I was like, well, they're both combo characters. So I guess there's that argument. But like ever so often we'll get a little individual streak. Um, but no, we like we like doing stuff together. You know, it's like we we both really love Halloween and we like matching each other. So if you have like a husband and wife, you know, uh, costume idea, we, we generally go for it. We're sappy like that. Speaking of the crow, mm. is it too early to talk about Alec Baldwin accidentally killing someone? No, please tell me about this because I've only seen like blips of it, and that was last night. I was like, what the fuck happened? I have no idea what happened. Um, so they had a prop gun. Um, that they were using on set, mm-hmm. um, and somebody put a real bullet in it, and he ended up shooting someone and killing them. What? Yeah. When the fuck? That when this happened? Where? What movie? What? Uh, okay, so I'm reading this off Buzzfeed now. Alec Baldwin described the shot, uh, his shock and sadness over prop gun shooting uh, that killed a crew member. There are no words to convey my shock and sadness regarding this tragic accident that took the life of Helena Hutchins, the actor said on Twitter. It says Alec Baldwin said he was too speechless to describe the grief he feels over the tragic death of Helena Hutchins, um, the cinematographer who was killed Thursday when the actor discharged a prop gun on the set of his upcoming film. There are no words to convey my shock and sadness regarding the tragic accident that took the life of Helena Hutchins, a wife, mother, and deeply admired colleague of ours. I am fully cooperating with the police investigation to address how this uh, tragedy occurred. Baldwin tweeted, blah, blah, blah. Hutchins was the director of photography for the movie Rust, which Baldwin is co-producing and starring in as an Old West outlaw Harland Rust. Actor went on, I am touched... I am touched with her husband offering my support to him and his family. My heart is broken for her husband, her son, and all that knew and loved Heiner. The film's director, Joel Sousa, 48, was also injured and released from hospital on Friday. And there's a bit more. It says the details of the shooting are not yet clear, but the Santa Fe uh, Sheriff's Office confirmed officials were dispatched to the Bonanza Creek Ranch movie set at uh, 1.50 p.m. on the 21st of October. So this is like two days ago. Wow. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack here. How the fuck did two people get hit with this bullet? I don't know. Maybe we're no Kaiser Sose. <laughs> Dude, that's all like that's what all I see is he's got like an AK forty seven. It's like ever and like what was he pointing at the fucking director of photography for? Was it a fuck? Well, the, like the thing is, what well, I guess when you got blanks, you don't usually have to like aim, aim. You just yeah, point yeah. it in a general action and shoot. So yeah. if you're off a few inches, that can send the the bullet a few yards either either way. So it doesn't matter. Um, it's one of those things. Know. It that's says fuck. no no charges have been filed in regard to this incident. Witnesses continue to be interviewed by detectives. The sheriff's office said adding the investigation remains um, 
open and active. Somebody's got to get in shit for this, though, haven't they? Oh, yeah. Somebody's in trouble. Like, uh, where the fuck? Okay, so because anyone that knows the story about the crow is this is how it happened. Um, a gun was loaded with what they call uh, dummy bullets. Dummy bullets are bullets that look exactly like bullets. So when you see John Wick load up a clip full of bullets, those are dummy bullets. They look exactly like a bullet. There's no gunpowder in them or very, very little gunpowder. in them. There's a ch- there's a there's a charge, a little the little cap at the end, but that's it. Um, and then there's blanks. Blanks are bullets with no tip, but tons of fucking gunpowder. I'm like usually two or three times more gunpowder than you need, but there's no projectile, so it all flies out the end. And they can still fucking hurt you, though. They can still oh, they can still hurt you. They can still really hurt you. So what happened with the crow is the the gun was used with dummy bullets first. They pulled the trigger. It had just enough gunpowder and just enough um, a, a charge to dislodge the tip of the 45 uh, shell that they were loading so then they put the dummy bullet in there or the excuse me the 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 uh the, 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 the blank and that tip the bullet was still in the tip they didn't check the fucking gun so they loaded up the blanks they fired it and it went out three or times faster than it normally would because there was a fucking bullet lodged into it so that's how that happened and that makes sense it's really really sad but how the fuck did this happen like i i know that there's no details about it but i'd be very interested to hear how this happened it's uh, it's tragic. Um, like I've seen already on like the Garmy and stuff. I've seen pictures of Alec Baldwin with a teardrop tattoo, and <laughs> people <laughs> people go nuts with it. And it's that's funny. It's, that's it's the internet sad. Being the internet, it's yeah, sad. That's but kind of funny. So it's it's. it's, it's I, I it popped up my Google News feed. They're like, Alec Baldwin killed a guy. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> it must be a horrible feeling though. Oh yeah, that must yeah, really yeah. be fucking. Imagine how'd you how'd you feel when you killed your first guy? Elated, he was a cunt. Um. <laughs> I finally felt something, Tom. I finally felt the will to live while I took the lives of others. The need for speed. Um, quick, quickly before, unless you had something else, unless you had something else, you have something else. No, 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 no. Okay, no. Uh, what was your favorite Halloween costume as a kid? I I understand that you know your your mom did the best she could raising you guys. She obviously didn't have all the money in the world, but what was your favorite costume as a kid? Oh, my Hulk co- costume. Oh, oh a couple years back. Yeah, completely yeah, painted yeah, yeah. my body green, yeah, white t shirt, black trousers. You like you oh, like no Kaz. It must be fucking. <laughs> It's got to be don't green. Touch, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Nobody touch oh, me. You come, there's lip marks everywhere on you, and you're like, what the fuck? You're like, sorry. Yeah, it was the first Halloween thing me and Cass did. Yeah, it was a good one. Oh, was it a couple's costume? No, she was a devil. I suppose she, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. No, so not at all. I saw Venom 2 the other day. Yeah, 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 I saw that. Fucking, you, you seem to like it. I seem no. I mean, like, I'm, I wanted, I wanted to get your thoughts on this, right? Because I wanted to start doing a movie review show, like on the side, you know. Oh, cool. Fifteen minutes, just I saw this movie. It's really good. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But uh, the the problem with things like that is it generally sort of kind of generates more hate than than kind of positive mm-hmm. stuff. Sure. Um, uh, I did like I did like Venom, but not to a point where I thought it was amazing. I thought like it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. I thought it could have been better. I think that I don't think they did the they did a good job of the characters at all whatsoever. Um, but there was a the, the fight scene towards the end was brilliant. So spoiler, 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 spoilers. What's the end scene that everyone keeps talking about? Because I'm not going to watch it anytime soon. Like I'm not. Oh, like, uh, I don't. I don't know if I should even tell with, with spoilers. Oh, really? It's that big, huh? 
All right, tell me after the show. Tell me after this. Tell me after the show. Oh, I'll tell you after. Go and watch it though, guys. It, it is good. It's good. I mean, like my only my only issue with it is, is Eddie Brock versus Venom arguing and bitching that went through the first movie. It just carries on through this one. And you're thinking, I'm sure they should have got the shit together by now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you Obviously. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I wanted well, to be- see like their relationship becomes very symbiotic later on. Yeah. But yeah, it's good. Go watch Venom 2. Go watch Venom 2. um, Go watch it. Go go watch it. Um, Me and Timmy are starting the, because you know we did the Spider-Man movies. Yes, you did. Which led me to watch uh, Venom 2. Um, And now we're starting Captain America movies. It's it's a good way of doing the MCU, I think. You can do it in order, of course. Yeah, yeah. Going doing uh, the the Captain America movies and then doing the Iron Man movies and doing the Avengers movie, you know, it's good. I yeah, like it. I agree. I, I think that's a good way to watch them. Um, quickly, fucking. I um, speaking of doing things with your kids, I downloaded Skyrim because Thomas is almost done with Kingdom Hearts. So I was like, oh well, um, you know, you try Skyrim, and I was really proud of him until he started picking his character and he picked an orc, and I was like, oh, I should put you up for adoption. <laughs> fucking who picks an orc it was so funny i had to post it on my skyrim's fan thing that i'm part of on facebook and i said that and like there's so much love for orcs everyone's like what they're so great blah blah and i was like fuck you guys it's not that great i've never but played seems- skyrim i need to play no it. it's it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun um he seems to really like it he he really rises to the challenge when it comes to video games which is excellent like he, it's one of his passions so he should but like he uh we've been playing we've also been playing mortal Kombat x together Oh yeah, that's good. I mean, the, the only problem with that is you have to buy all the fight. You have to buy the extra fighters. I'm that pisses me off. Extra. I'm not gonna buy any extra fighters. I'll just play with what we got. Um, he he got uh he's he's been doing a lot of like cleaning and stuff lately around the house. So he earned Sora, the last character in Super Smash, which he's so fucking stoked about. Oh my god, you've never seen anyone more excited about something than him about Sora. I promise. I finished. Um, I finally finished Horizon Zero Dawn, which was good. I love that game. So I love much. that game. That game was very excellent. good. I finished it and I'm still only 35% free. So I'm like, do I go and try and 100% it? But that'll take a long time, I imagine. But I don't know. Um, and um, I'm thinking, guys, listen, I, the, the listeners, maybe you can help me out, but I, I need a new run of PlayStation games to play. So I was thinking God of War. But do I have Ooh. to go from the original first one or can I just start at any point with God of War? You could start at any point but definitely read the the lore behind god of war because it's a really great story like it, uh, it's if, legacy if of I kane you, shit right kane it's mm. in the same universe as legacy of kane am i right i don't what's the story of legacy of kane because he's in soul reaver right kane uh god of war kratos it's, kane, it's all about kane isn't it god what in god of war no no kratos is god of war and um kane is the legacy of kane um okay so it's like this uh kratos was in sparta he uh begs the, the god of war Ares to you know fucking give him the strength to vanquish his enemies um he gives them the the chaos blades and then he ends up tricking him into murdering his own family so at that point kratos decides that he's gonna kill the god of war so he goes through it, collects things along the way that help him in his fucking mission, and then sure as shit, he kills the God of War at the end. So the next game is he starts off as the God of War. And um, none of the other gods are happy about it because he's not a real god and he murdered one of them. So fucking they're not stoked about it. Um, and then like it goes... Mortals. Yeah. And then so after that, um, he um, he goes against all the gods, and that's number three. 
and it's fucking excellent. Those games are great. I, I started playing number four. I have not finished number four yet, but I will eventually. They're, they're great games. Like I would, if you have PlayStation Now, I would definitely recommend playing because they're all in there. Okay, maybe I'll do that when I get back from Skeggy, from Skegness. Right, uh, we're running out of time. Obviously, we wanted yes. to have a short uh, heavy metal later lounge. I love that. I love that. I, Dude, we're going to use that. That's fucking excellent. You like it, yeah. Welcome to the later. I think we need to uh, get some like white makeup and shit, like with your piercings. Juggalo or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Thomas Churchill, what a great guest. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Tom, what a great guest. What a great guy. Oh, I know you, you, got, you got a show later with uh, the old rabies, haven't you, tonight? Um, yeah, I'm catching a, I'm catching some rabies later. Um, <laughs> we're going to interview uh, Dustin McNeil. He is an author of a couple books I really enjoyed, um, Slash the Titans and Taking Shapes. And these are histories of horror. Like, they literally, he looks at every single Halloween film that was made, that wasn't made. Like, it's really fucking in-depth. And then the the Slash the Titans is the complete history of Freddy vs. Jason. So it's so in-depth. And I was like, fuck, dude. Like, I, I definitely got to talk to this guy. So that's who I'm talking to later. We, um, I'll talk to you about it afterwards. We might maybe release as a double because what's the point of releasing a Halloween episode after Halloween? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you are watching this and then you're watching the one with, with David Raby afterwards, like, don't worry. We're having a break. That is it. Yes. Like we yeah, all yeah, need yeah, just to charge our batteries. So yes. um, we're going away. We'll do a Christmas special. Then in the new year, we're coming back in a big, bad way. We just Hard. need to, like, if you joined us from the beginning of USUC right to now, there's been a lot of turmoil. <laughs> it's been a lot of changes as things come and gone. And we started during COVID and it's been very, very fucking difficult to, is, and, is, honestly. And if you've been with us since Thorskin, you would then realize that we have been going nonstop for coming on four years. Like we have never taken any serious break whatsoever. So it's important that we like you know regroup we fucking channel our shit and we fucking just do it hard because if you do something even something you love too much it becomes something you dread doing so i'm what i imagine like me and alex can't go like two weeks without recording so give us like a month and a half off of recording dude we're gonna fucking come back like are you ready are you ready to fucking record come on let's do this well, come on. so you guys we'd like to hear from you um if there's anybody you want us to bring on in the new year if there's any type of people you want us to talk to if there's anything please now is your time to do it so we can start building the shows for the new year yeah. um yeah. you you guys can check out all of our shows um this show what's the difference with alan tom um, you can check out Wednesday Night Live. You can check out uh, uh, Yelling at Clouds with Eric Fluger and Alex Wiley all on YouSuckNetwork.com. That is our home and hub and where we put all of our content. You can also check out our YouTube, anything else. Um, and if you go to our webpage and you think it looks badass because it fucking is, um, you can go and check out you know WebOrch.com because that's who made our website. <clears throat> Me and Alex didn't make it. We're lazy. We're lazy and tired, and we don't have any fucking time. But the guys over Web Orchard love making websites. In fact, that's what their fucking job is. Um, so whether you need, oh shit, last week's episode, David Kirshner, fucking what a dope dude. I'm I, I'm debating calling him on Halloween because he told me to call, but I'm like, I love I? that guy. I'm so good that I couldn't be a part of that episode. He was such we'll a lovely guy. He's come back on. He's come back. He really wants to meet you. Um, should I call him on Halloween? He what, told like me on the phone. Hi, yeah, David. He, it's me. I showed you. Well, I showed you his email. He told me to, you know, call him on his house. I'm just saying. Anyways, um, reach over to webwatch.com and they'll make you a fantastic website. Right. This has been What's the Difference podcast. I'm Alex Whiteley. 
And I am Tom Brew. No, happy Halloween, we'll, motherfuckers. Happy Halloween, and I'll catch you guys at Christmas. Okay. It's uh, Christmas we're talking about. Christmas. Hi, this is Ickis from our real monsters. And um, I would like very much to ask you, if you don't mind, to watch um the USAC network with Tom Bruno and Alex. Oh, that's all I have to go flush myself now.